Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Live Mike. Mike. Check one, two. With Lee Lonsberry from Utah's Capitol Hill to your schools, taxes, and all the breaking news. Hear it on Live Mike with Lee Lonsberry on KSL News Radio. Welcome back to Live Mike. I am Lee Lonsberry. 206 is the KSL News Time. Had a little problem with the phones, wasn't able to uh, connect with me a love, and I apologize for that. But the interesting little uh, bit of news is that, uh, well, you know that Utah has six electors. There are six individuals casting votes in the Electoral College. That happened uh, at noon today. We spoke with Greg Hughes during that conversation. We learned that one of the other electors, one of the individuals voted to serve as electoral as a, as an elector in the state nominating convention, Sean Reyes, for whatever reason, unable to participate today and was replaced with the seventh most vote getter. So uh, there are six. The person in seventh place in terms of uh, incoming votes, Mia Love, uh, stepped in and served as an elector here in the state of Utah on his behalf. Interesting little quirk in the the system there, but happy that there are ways uh, around such uh, circumstances when they arise. Anyway, uh, that's a topic for a, another time. Right now, I'm honored to be joined by Congressman-elect Blake Moore, who has been uh, voted in to serve in Utah's first congressional district as its representative and to replace the outgoing Congressman Rob Bishop, who we continue to, to wish well as he recovers from that. That mild stroke he suffered uh, last week. A quick update on him. Uh, doing well, uh, so well that he was able to, as you know and we discussed on Friday, make it to the floor of the U.S. House uh, and involve himself in the uh, the business of the House of Representatives. Uh, Congressman-elect Moore, how are you, sir? I'm great, and you're right. And encouraging to see that and, and likewise wish him a continued recovery. Yeah, he's a bulldog. He'll be all right. Yeah, that's what I kind of said in my tweet. I said, if you said he's going to be fine, he's going to be fine. Yeah. <laughs> he'll, he'll get through this. 100%. You right now are involved in a, an interesting task. You're in this kind of odd period after the election before the work begins in earnest at the commencement of the 117th Congress. What uh, what are you up to? What are the big tasks before you right now? Yeah, you snap your finger and you're all of a sudden... Uh, CEO of a small company. Now, of course, it's government funded, so no, no real respect for that of the small business owners out there fighting this, this crazy world that they're all navigating right now. And I hope to be a part of, of a solution for, for those that have been hit hardest by this. And, um, but, but yeah, you, you often have to, you know, get elected and make some offers and put a team together, um, with a very dynamic purpose, right? You have two different offices. It, 
people that work in the D.C. office have a very different function than those that work in the district office. All one big purpose that you're trying to accomplish, but, you know, identifying those roles um, and uh, in working through it. So we've been we've been really busy heads down doing a lot of that type of work um, the last few weeks. And and things are things have pretty much finalized. So. Excellent. Uh, an important team is, is important, uh, I believe, for the success of the member uh, or, you know, business owner or whatever. Uh, pleased to see you're putting so much time and effort into that. Now, uh, another important thing in this transitional time is finding your niche in Congress. Uh, and some of that niche can be defined in the committee assignments that you get. I have heard you in, in debates and in other settings talk about uh, your hopes to, uh, you know, represent Hill Air Force Base, uh, the 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 role occupied by uh, Congressman Bishop before you was as a senior member of the Armed Services Committee. W- where do you stand in terms of uh, you know either being promised or seeking uh, committee assignments? Yeah, we won't know until the steering committee fully votes and, and organizes all this. It's it's a it's a group of Republican members that do this on the Republican side. Democrats' process is likely very similar. Um, and you get to make a selection of five top choices. You get to kind of put your wish list together and it's very strategic in how you go about doing it. What's the most, what, where are the odds that you'll likely get on? There are committees that no freshman would really ever get on. It's actually, it's very difficult to get on the House Armed Services Committee. In fact, in the 20, the 116th Congress in 2018, only one freshman got on House Armed Services. So, um, a very, very important committee. We've had representation in the first districts for like the last 36 years from Reps Hansen and Bishop. Um, but we've got it listed there as number one. And, um, natural resources is important. Foreign affairs is something that's, you know, interested in. And I also have talked a lot about it on the campaign as far as, um, the budget committee, even though it's, it, it's not an end-all save save the budget you know woes that our country has, but it'd be a it'd be at least a way to be involved. So we've kind of rounded out our top five and and made a lot of good relationships with people that are making these decisions. Um, so much of so much of Congress this is a bit of a surprise to me. So much of it is based on those interpersonal relationships that you develop with people, and we we've, we've dug in and and really made a strong case for for the first district uh, having continued representation on on armed services. So again, very difficult, but we're doing everything we can to be in the right position to, to get on that committee. And, um, you know, we'll, we have a strong team that will be involved in with Hill Air Force Base and the priorities that it has, regardless of the committee assignment, but, but we're hopeful. Sure. You mentioned those interpersonal relationships. Last week, I was having a conversation with Congressman Stewart, and we talked about uh, this idea of like proxy voting, something the Democrats have done mm-hmm. to elect their uh, leadership team, at least. They have voted remotely, used uh, an app. And I asked uh, the congressman what he thought about that as in terms of a viable thing for the future. Could it be uh, a Congress that operates remotely, that your main office may be in Utah's first district and not in in Washington, D.C. on the floor of the House. Uh, and his response was interesting. He he talked about something you just mentioned, the importance of these interpersonal relationships, these face-to-face interactions, the ability to, to gather, uh, you know, quickly and nimbly to, you know, to meet with your peers. W- what has that been like for you thus far, building these relationships? Uh, you making some friends already? Well, I'll even add, uh, there was an article just out today over the, over the weekend with Rep Bishop commenting on how We've gone away from it, and it's not—it's not working. Congress isn't listening to each other, um, 
And it's because of the way we're even even when we're doing in-person voting, it's a rolling vote count and it's not creating opportunities for people to interact and actually discuss and debate things. You mentioned in that article that debates are taking place to an empty audience and C-SPAN only. Um, those the, that conversation needs to be had among the body of Congress, and we need to be together. So, yeah, I actually was I was listening in and heard that art that um, with Rep. Stewart as well, and and completely agree. Like we have to be able to interact and do. Can we have some conference calls? Yeah, we've been able to as a GOP conference. We've been able to. I've been fortunate to be able to listen in. I don't really play much of a role yet, having not not even sworn in. But you know, there's conference calls. There's information. We can leverage technology to to communicate, but. Congress has to be there to vote. We have to be able to be there to be in committee. We have to be able to, to interact and, and, and personally, and I look at it as a business too. Like my firm over the last year, I mean, we, we love being together. We actually built our office space. So it was very collaborative and we had that chance to work together. Like that needs to exist in cultures, in our business, our public sector, private nonprofit communities. Um, we still need to be able to do that. Now, taking the time right now so we can be as safe as possible. But we we can't abandon that, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I've met a lot of great people. Uh, people who are so willing to, 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 to offer advice, um, just what they've learned and um, developing some really good relationships so far. I've had been, I've been back in D.C. for about two to two and a half weeks total time since um, since getting elected and and it's been a unique opportunity to, to, to mingle and interact with those folks. So we, We've talked a lot about logistics and process and nuts and bolts. Uh, talk to me now about your ideas. Legislation, uh, obviously, is what you've been voted to, to, to debate and create and ultimately form for this country and specifically Utah's first congressional district. Again, we're speaking with Congressman-elect Blake Moore. Last question, sir. Uh, your, your first legislative ideas, what do you want to come out of the gate doing? So I'm really encouraged. Back in May... I, I was just going off my own thoughts in the middle of a campaign. Here I am, folks. This is the way I think about things. Like we, 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 we had to address things broadly with first COVID package. Like, and I get that because we didn't understand that we didn't understand this very well then, right, right when it happened. But after the first few months, we knew what businesses and industries would be targeted. So I am thrilled to now hear the debate so much be centered on targeted relief and we can be more bite-sized and, and, and more strategic about how we do that. So that narrative wasn't a whim a long time ago. Like we've got to get there. And I hope that as we jump into this, that it's probably not, I don't see it happening with the bipartisan efforts that have been taking place. But if, if it doesn't happen within the next few days or weeks, then that'll be a big priority. But what I also love is that people in the community is bringing ideas to us, the ag community and the business community, they're bringing ideas about how to go, and address H2A and H2B. Our guest workers are important to, to ag and non-ag, to the, to the hospitality. H2A immigration um, guest working regulations is something that a lot of people from the community are reaching out to us about, and so we're putting together ideas and thoughts there. Federal student loans, doing it in a way that, that the states can have a little bit more more autonomy. There's legislation that um, I've been, you know, people have brought up to me as well, my own, our own team. Um, so ideas there. So it's uh, you don't know exactly what you're going to get where you're going to get involved with, but sure. those are at least those burgeoning ideas that we hope to be able to address right at the start of the year. Very good. Well, we look forward to uh, your efforts, uh, Blake Moore, Congressman Elect, uh, set to at the dawn of Utah or the 117th Congress to represent Utah's first congressional district. Mr. Moore, thanks again for your time. Best of luck to you. Thanks, Lee. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear-gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. 
More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.